This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Eno Saris, I'll give you $1,000 if you can predict the starting lineup for the Angels this Friday against the Athletics. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let me call up the prospects list real quick. Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> Who's you know, on their team? An underrated aspect of this is uh, they just opened up a bunch of 40-man spots to claim the guys that are going to get dropped from the other teams when they have to make their claims. <laughs> so they may end up starting, you know, the people that the Reds and Giants have to, you know, drop from their teams in order to, to claim their players. And what's interesting, and I understand why they're doing it, because a lot of people are like, I can't use trade for these guys. Well, you want to get under whatever part of the luxury tax they're going to be able to get under. Well, Cody, which one was it? Which Because there's four of them. Which one? The 233, I believe, is what they're trying to get Yeah, under. so they're trying to get – so when they first did it, I went, what are they doing? Now I understand. Yeah, I mean, it's a – there are, you know, degrees of penalties the further you go into the luxury tax. And – you know, this difference between having to pay like, you know, the next free agent, you know, 60 percent uh, for every dollar over the luxury tax apron versus 30 percent. So it can be millions of dollars if they're going to make a free agent signing next year. Uh, and so, you know, it's a it's a big deal for them. It's not just the money they're saving now. But I think it's also interesting. There's something about the market where. You know, there are other teams that have dropped players today. Carlos Carrasco uh, was put on waivers, Harrison Bader. Um, I, I think there's a couple things going on here. One is if we move the trade deadline later, some of those guys would have been traded. If we move the trade deadline later, the Yankees would have been sellers, I think. Um, that's what they're saying with this. And then two, rentals, rental players without years of team control have such little value that I don't think this will necessarily tank their value in the marketplace. You know, they didn't get much. You didn't get much for a rental player anyway. So now a team could say, well, what if I wait two weeks and you just put them on waivers because you don't want to pay him? I'll just wait till you put them on waivers and try to get them then. That's interesting. You bring up the trading deadline because we got away from the waiver process, right? So after the trading deadline, you could put it through a guy through waivers. Someone should, could claim them. You could still work out a deal. But we took that away because we wanted the suspense for the trading deadline, maybe just yeah. maybe, and I wonder how front office people would feel because right now the front office people feel like everything's being rushed at them, right? You've got the All-Star weekend, now with the draft, right after the draft, you have the trading deadline. It's like too much for these front offices. Do you think if we asked a lot of front office guys, said, hey, listen, we're not we're not changing the draft at the All-Star break. We like how it is. It's good to promote the game. We get that. 
Do you think front offices would actually like the trading deadline to be a little bit later, more into August? I think from a, a life balance standpoint, I think so. I mean, it is a grueling moment there because you don't, it's not like you just prepare for the week before the draft. You have to pair weeks before the draft. And so you're talking two, three, four weeks of getting all of your information on the same place to the same people to make these decisions, doing draft boards, all this stuff, not much sleep. You go into the, the, the uh, all-star break, you do the draft. And literally I was talking to analysts that were like, yeah, and tomorrow we start working on the trade deadline. You know, if you pushed it back forward, uh, back into uh, August, I think you would do two things. You would allow them to maybe take a break sometime after the draft, maybe take a few days off. Also, uh, let more teams know what where they are and if they are buyers or sellers. And I think that's that can be important. You might actually get more trades from it if you push it deeper into the into the offseason because there'd be more people that knew they were sellers and knew they were buyers. Who else do you think you mentioned the Yankees? Who else do you think maybe flipped the switch and would have been more of a seller if we would have done it later? I wonder if the Mets would have sold more players, you know, if they've just, if they've been given more time. Um, I wonder, you know, if the, I don't know. I wonder if you might lose some buyers too. You might've lost the, the angels as buyers. <laughs> Uh, if you if you waited longer. So th- it might be about the same. But I think in terms of work-life balance, you bring up a good point. Would Soto be a Padre? Uh, yes, it's it's only gotten worse in San Diego. Right? So, you know, I don't I don't know about that. Uh, but I also think that uh, this is pre you uh, Darvish uh, being hurt, um, you know, that the, the focus for San Diego was next year. With you uh, Darvish, you know, looking at going to the doctor that uh, gave him his last Tommy John, you're starting to look at two or three big holes. I mean, Seth Lugo's going to opt out. Even Michael Walker might opt out. They may have one starting pitcher in San Diego uh, next year. And so they're going to have a hard time building to, to make a team next year without trading a, a bat. Out of all the guys that are leaving their teams as of today, who do you think will play the biggest role down the stretch when they get picked up. I know Lucas Giolito has given up a bunch of homers in Anaheim since he was traded, but homers are basically the biggest source of noise when you're evaluating a pitcher. That can just be, you know, a bad couple of starts. I think, you know, even if a team just used him for three or four innings, they could really use someone of his quality. And I also, uh, the other one for me is Reynaldo Lopez. That's a guy who can close. I mean, just adding a guy who has closer type ability to your seventh or eighth inning, uh, that can make a big difference down the stretch into the playoffs. So those are my two favorites. I just think about Baltimore. Baltimore should be on the phone right away with this guy. Yeah, they're definitely going to be claiming. The problem with Baltimore is their record is too good. So the Giants are going to get first dibs. The Marlins are going to get there first. And so you may see... Uh, teams like the Giants, Marlins, um, you know, the Cubs, they may be big, uh, uh, big on the waiver wire and they may not, none of those guys may get all the way to the top. Harrison Bader also may be the best defensive center fielder in baseball. So, you know, for somebody, if there's a team out there looking for somebody right-handed who can really play defense and center, that could be important too. Just interesting. These names all of a sudden on the market and, what you gotta you gotta be on the roster. What what is the effective date now? You have to be on the roster to be postseason eligible. Ooh, has that changed? It used to be September first, right? It 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 used to be September first. I I think with the twenty with the forty eight hours, they might still be able to sneak in on that one. But um, 
Yeah, that's also interesting. Like, you know, how many teams made it this far and kept two to four to six million dollars in their coffers for this season? Uh, you know, mostly GMs like to use every cent that they're given, you know, <laughs> so who who still has that money? The if you wanted to claim all of the the players that the Angels just put on waivers today, it would cost you around eight million dollars uh, the rest of the season. So I actually don't think any one team is going to make all that many claims. I think each team will pick, you know, two guys to claim and uh, put two or three million dollars on the table for it. All right. I read your article today. You want to talk about luck? Yeah, old, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Old lady luck, your article today reminded me of this. <laughs> the old Indiana Jones theme. And I want to tell you why it reminded me of Indiana Jones, because we know Indiana Jones is always searching for something great, right? He's the lost ark, the holy grail, and he's battling Nazis. He's battling bad people. He's out there battling to find the answer at the very end. That's what your article reminded me of today. And you know what? The answer may, in the end, you may not exactly find what you're looking for. Because if you remember in the first one, when they found the ark, and then you were told not to look at the ark, because if you looked at the ark, it burned your face off. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I found it interesting. Like, part of your article today, when we talked about, hey, one-run games. Well, Seattle's been king of one-run games the past couple of years, not this year. Can we find a correlation? Do we say it's good bullpens? Well, sometimes teams don't have good bullpens, but they're good ones. It's like it's tough to really track down the exact answer because we're dealing with human beings, and year to year, everything can just be completely different. So is there really yeah, I think, luck? You know, I I think there's a really interesting thing about one run games too, which is uh, think about how one run games happen. They happen in so many different ways. Yeah. So you can't just say that a bullpen saves a one run game. There are games where a bad bullpen leads, leads to a one run win, right? Yeah. If you're winning four to nothing and the bullpen gives up three runs and you win four to three, that was a bad bullpen, not a good bullpen. You know? So like, you know, a good offense could lead to a one run game. You're, you're zero, zero. And you know, they finally scratch through in the ninth and it's the offense, you know, whatever. So, you know, the one run games are a really interesting thing because there's so much noise in them and the Padres are the worst team in baseball by one run games, but there's not really obvious as to why that would be. If you look at their team, they have Josh Hader. They have a pretty good bullpen. They have pretty good pieces, you know, like why would they be terrible at one run games? Bob Melvin used to be the king of one run games. He used to be the greatest manager. Everyone used to say, Oh, this is the guy that can, they can manage a bullpen. He can do this and do that. And all of a sudden the Padres are worse. So I would say, if you're a Padres fan, there's like, you know, there's a little bit of hope in that, which is, you know, maybe next year they won't have as, as poor luck in one run games. Um, but the, the, the flip side is uh, how do you uh, think about that when you're building a team? I say, I would say that's just one thing you can't think about. The other one that other source of luck that maybe you can think about. And I think is, is really interesting is injuries. Yeah. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about how the Rays lean in. And they said, no, we don't care. We're just going to acquire all these guys that have injury risk, and we're just going to have so many of them so that when, you know, they all get hurt, we got another guy. <laughs> you know, so we're just going to we're going to throw quantity at this and just have so many arms that, you know, if they get injured, they get injured. Uh, I think the Dodgers are a little bit like this because the Dodgers actually lead the league this year in injury games missed, and they don't they seem fine, you know. 
but you also have the Yankees are top three in injury games missed, and that's part of why they're bad, and they're the oldest lineup in baseball. So these things seem correlated. And this is why I kind of roll my eyes a little bit when a, when a manager says, a general manager says, I got to get younger. This is sort of why, because, you know, the only thing that we found to really reliably say anything about injury is age. You know, you and I know this. We get older. We get hurt more often. <laughs> fact. There's a fact. There's the hashtag fact. You know, it, uh, it was something that back in my days when I was doing the Warriors, you know, after Steph Curry fi- finally figured out his ankle issues and before Kevin Durant got hurt, the Warriors went on a great run of really not having bad injuries. And that was a huge part of their success and just injuries you don't know. And what, what I was thinking about with your article is, like, it's very tough to be able to say year to year, why does a team win? You might say this team wins because of A, B, and C. Well, this team wins because of X, Y, and Z. And like like one run games, like they you there's so many different ways to be good, right? Yeah, it flips, it flips all the time. So it's like I understand. So so talk about the premise of teams are lucky. This is how you can kind of look at why a team's lucky, even though it won't carry year to year. But why would a team? How do you look at it and you say, okay, the Orioles this season are lucky? Why? They've outperformed. They've won in one-run games. They've been healthier than anybody else, and all of their young guys have been better than projected. And that's another uh, thing of luck is, you know, you can say, I want to get younger, but the Cleveland Guardians are the youngest team in baseball, and they're not good. (laughs) So the the A's are are one of the youngest teams in baseball, and they've had a tough year. So you you, want to be good and young. You want to have a good bullpen. You want to have a good starting rotation. You want to have all the things, you know? And I think that the, my main lesson from sort of studying luck is this. And I, I, I lost a really high-profile argument one time with Dave Cameron, I think. And uh, Dave Cameron, who now works for the Mariners, and I were having a disagreement about whether or not what the uh, Marlins did back in the day made sense. And so the Marlins, they built a team they won the World Series, and then they completely destroyed the team. And then they built a team, they won the World Series, and they destroyed a team. They're the only team that has won a World Series that has never won their division. You know, <laughs> So, like, the Marlins pump and dump thing, I said, I, I said, that makes sense. When they were in, they were all in, and when they were out, they were all out. Why doesn't that make sense? And he said, and this is important, I think, this is where the luck comes in. His piece said, if we think, if you think your team this year will win 85 games, the amount of luck that goes into a season, your your starters get injured or they don't get injured, you win the one-run games, you don't, all this stuff, the amount of luck that goes into the season, the error bars on that team projection, if you think you're going to win 85 games this year as a team, you could win 95 or you could win 75, and that wouldn't make, your projections wouldn't have been wrong. That's all within the scope of luck. So that's how much luck is in the game in any given season. The Padres were probably an, a 90-win team going into the season. They've had such crap luck that they're going to end up with 78 wins. And that doesn't mean they weren't a 90-win team. It just means that all the luck went in the wrong direction for them. You know what I mean? So the upset, the, 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 the kind of the, the end of the argument was, if you're a team, build to be good. You know, build to be good every year. Try to be good every year and ride the luck when you've got it. And, and, and sell when you don't, you know, and, but don't, but always try to be making the team better. And one team that's like this, I think is the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've been a team that always tries to build a decent team. The A's for a long time have been like this, you know, 
build to try and win 86, 88 wins, you know, acquired players at the deadline and win 90 and get in. Uh, or if they're bad, sell. You know, that's been the A's thing for a long time. And I think it's the right way to think about it because even no matter what you think of how good your team is, there's going to be a, a large amount of luck in any given season. Do you get credit alone or is there someone else who helped you with Stuff Plus? Uh, Max Bay, uh, who now works for the Astros, and I uh, developed that together. And, you know, it's a culmination of a lot of different analyst work on that. But, yeah, Max Bay and I put made that together. Okay, so I can't just say it's you, because well, I want to give everybody credit. Yeah, well, well, he's he works for a team now, so he doesn't necessarily want his name out. He's there, so out, he, then. He's yeah, out. Yeah, just put my. He, he's a silent partner now. He just put my <laughs> name on. <laughs> uh, when Stuff Plus comes up on like MLB Network, how proud are you? I, I I mean, it's been ten years of work. I've been working on that. I've been working on the concepts behind Stuff Plus for ten years. Uh, and also, you know, it validates some of the uh, crap I have to get. Honestly, I have to get crap all the time. You know, I have to get crap from Max Scherzer, who's yelling at me about how Stuff Plus doesn't capture his pitchability and his moxie. I have to get crap from, you know, users saying I made up a, another stupid stat. You know, I had to get crap from, uh, you know, people saying, oh, well, why doesn't it say Graham Ashcraft has great stuff? Why isn't he good? You know, so. You know, there's a lot of, uh, of work that went into it, a lot of crap getting. And, uh, yeah, so I will claim a little bit of pride when I when I see it used like that. I like it. Um, I like it because you caught crap. You're proud of it. All right. So <laughs> this is what Fangraph says. Release point, velocity, vertical and horizontal movement, and spin rate. Generally, the model aims to capture the nastiest pitches in baseball. Would you agree with that? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's the physical characteristics of the pitches. Okay, so definitely that's how I describe it. So when they put up today on MLB Network, I found this interesting. Since we are having you on, it's like perfect. They had they had Strider and Justin Steele. Steele, who's going right now against the uh, against the Brewers. Cubs are up one nothing against the Brewers. So Spencer Strider has a stuff plus of one thirty four. Steele is only ninety six. Yeah, um, and I think that it does a just it does a good job describing those two pitchers. I do think because Spencer Strider has two pitches and he's just trying to outstuff you. He's trying to throw that thing hard. He's trying to strike you out, and that's all he's trying to do. Steele, on the other hand, is a little bit more about command and placing the pitches. Uh, he's got softer stuff. He doesn't throw as hard. It's not he's not the same kind of pitcher. But it does bring up the fact that um, stuff plus is better with relievers than it is with starters, and part of it is that starters have an interesting interaction of their different pitches and, and their command um, that you can't always capture. There's no one stat, you know, in defensive stuff. Plus, there's no one stat that can tell you how good a pitcher is. There just isn't. You know, you could look at strikeout rate, strikeout minus walk, Sierra, FIP, ERA, doesn't matter. There's no one because starting pitching is really tough to think about. You have to think about they have three, four pitches. There's another guy who's just here in, in playing the pitching last night for, for the, the Reds, Andrew Abbott. He has poor stuff plus. And I talked to Wilmer Flores. Why was why is he good? And I talked to Andrew Abbott. I said, why are you good? And he said, I don't know. I have three good pitches. I have good command of them. I, I sequence it well. Like people don't I, I get takes on middle middle. Like it's always been this way. I get a lot of strikeouts and I can't tell you that it's because of this X, Y or Z. Uh, and I told him his pitches weren't extremely jiffable. Uh, and he didn't punch me, so uh, I'll take that as a win. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why I brought it up is because if you've got 100 is what you're looking at, 
You want to be above 100 and steals 96, but he's the leader in ERA plus at 163. So he may not have the most electric stuff, but he's got great stuff that gets people out. That's what 163 ERA plus says, right? Yeah, but you look at the you look at the strikeouts. Strider has a ton more strikeouts. So what you what I would say is that Steele is a little bit more about location. And so we have a, another companion stat called Location Plus that looks at how good you are at placing the ball. Steele is better there than Strider. So I would say, you know, it's a classic sort of soft-tossing lefty, you know, who can place it versus your fire-breathing righty, you know? It's like, you know, it's, this, is, this is an argument we've had for years, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, hey, you got Randy Johnson and you got Tom Glavin. Both yeah, get exactly. it done in different <laughs> ways, but you want both of them, right? Right, right. You know, and so I do think that's interesting. I know that there's a lot of uh, players, a lot of organizations that are optimizing for stuff plus and using it in player development. One big example you're going to see tonight, the Mariners, they have an internal stuff plus. It's very similar to mine. They use it to develop this rotation. Look at that rotation. Brian Wu and Logan Gilbert and and uh, uh, George Kirby. And, you know, it's a great rotation. Um, and stuff plus has been a big part of that. But they're not all the same. George Kirby's actually a little bit more about command, you know, and Brian Wu's a little bit more about stuff. And so, you know, you can't go all in on any one stat, you know, I think. I think that's that's the lesson. I think this stuff plus is really useful, and it's it's especially this. This is how I think it's the most useful. If you're developing a pitcher and you want to tell him, I want you to throw your curveball like this harder or with more sweep or with more drop, how do you do that? Well, you say – your curveball stuff plus is 96. If you added two inches of drop to it, it would be 110. You know, you have to know what is good in order to coach people to make it better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's great stuff. Hey, uh, we're going to do a a uh, a work field trip over to field work, by the way. Yes. We're going to do Let's a little. Do it. We're going to get we're going to get some of the fellows over there to field work. Uh and have a little powwow before the end of the season. Uh, we and got... listen on the radio. Listen on the radio soon. You might hear me. Uh, yeah, do you we might cut hear me... those spots yet? I want to hear do them soon. We're gonna. I've been having internet problems at the house. All right. Casa amigo. Uh, big series out there. You got teams fighting for their lives with the Giants and the Reds. Yeah, playoff implications here, and uh, two very different teams. Uh, but uh, it's, they've been good games. I'm not sure about Ellie Cruz's. Uh, athleticism you might want to look at that with analytics i'm not sure he's that great of i was athlete. just standing next to him man it's crazy how big <laughs> yeah. was he like six five yeah and then it's just also like it is one of those moments when you're kind of near a top top athlete and you just it makes you think about how less of an athlete you are <laughs> you're just like wow wow like you could like we could just be playing basketball and you could just pick it up and you would dunk on me that's oh that's yeah kind of athlete you are and you're, <laughs> you're you're not that small how tall are you i'm six two and i still had that feeling next to him like oh my god you are the, the best athlete in this you room. know what though I, i'm putting my money on you one-on-one -on -one. i think you outthink him <laughs> yeah. he might be a better athlete but we're gonna outthink him we'll game plan it we're gonna game plan you to victory with your no, brilliant mind one-on-one one-on-one -on -one. On -one. No, how am i gonna outthink him one -on -one? yeah i don't know we're gonna figure it out we're gonna outthink him and you i got my money on you my friend oh, all right i got my money on ellie dunking on me <laughs> Have a, have a good time at the ballpark. We'll talk to you next week.
Thanks for having me. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 